I have a confession to make this morning. Maybe some of you would join me in this. I hate to wait. I hate it. I, I pray for patience. Maybe that's my problem. Um, I, I think that the Holy Spirit has developed patience in me over time. I feel like I'm much better than I, than, than I was, uh, much more patient than I used to be, but, uh, but, but I still hate to wait. No lie, just this week, I was uh, in the line at Hobby Lobby. Don't judge me. I'm just telling you the way it was. Of course, when you go up to the, the if, you're, if you're like me, and I hope you're not, but if you, you go up and you see the options and you see how many lanes are open and you see, and it's, it's a little confusing at Hobby Lobby because some of them are, you know, the cash register's up here and then the other one's back there, so that one looks like it's a shorter line, but it's really not. And so you've got to figure that out and you've got to figure out who's in line and not only who's in line, but whether they look like they're fast or not and also whether they have a lot in their cart or not, right? So I had done all of that in my head and Nick and I are in line and we're waiting to, to check out and we're right behind there's one person just finishing and then another lady only had one thing in her cart and then it's us and we're waiting and and she gets up there and I knew we were in trouble <laughs> when she asked about the wonderful 40% off coupon if you've been to Hobby Lobby, you know what that is, right? And you don't have to just carry the coupon around. You don't have to have it in your pocket or your purse because you can access that right on your phone, right? You just go to do 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 and you got it, and they just scan it, and it, the wonders of technology. And so this lady asked about the wonderful 40% off coupon. The cashier was kind enough to tell her about how she could access that on her smartphone that she was holding in her hand. Someone had told her about it, and, and she had that in her in her hand, and... It was, it was about that time that I realized that this lady prob, how do I say it? She probably did not have a lot of experience accessing things on her smartphone before. I'm just, just, just looking at that. Just made an observation. I promise I did not roll my eyes or shift my weight or sigh until <laughs> the cashier leaned over the counter and was helping her find the web browser app on her phone before she could plug in HobbyLobby.com, before she could find the coupon page, before... I don't like waiting. Have I, have I said that? Unfortunately, there are many times in life when we have to wait, and Advent is one of those times. Think for a minute about all the times that you have to wait. We could come up with a, a huge, huge list, just a few. Uh, we wait in line at the, at the store. We wait in line in, or we wait in traffic. We wait hours to ride a roller coaster. Uh, we, we wait in line at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. We wait for our food at the restaurant. We wait for the car to get fixed. We, uh, some people camp out in line, uh, Black Friday. I think I still saw that some people are doing that even now. Uh, and, uh, and, and we wait for the, uh, the doctor's office. They even have a special room in a lot of places for people to wait in this life. It's called the waiting room, right? We have rooms for this now, right? So why do we do it? Why do we put up with it? Why do we wait? If we, uh, I'm assuming maybe you're a little bit like me anyway, that you don't like to wait. Why do we have all these times, all these, uh, why do we wait? Because we feel like there's something worth waiting for, right? And so, so if, if, if we don't think it'll be worth it, then we don't, we don't want to wait. But 
some things are worth the wait, and so we, we go ahead and wait. I need groceries, so I wait in line in order to check out. I, I, I need to get to work, so I fight the traffic. I need to shop for Christmas, so I fight the traffic and the crowds and all those kinds of things. Uh, the, the car needs to be fixed. They know how to do it. I don't know how to do it, so I'm going to have to wait. Uh, the, the, the money that we'll save on that new flat screen on Black Friday uh, is just uh, incredible, so I wait in the line. The food at the restaurant is what I like, and, and I'm anticipating a great meal, and so I wait wait for it. The doctor has skills that will keep me healthy, so we wait. Some things are worth waiting for. When it's not worth it, that's when we start to resent the wait, right? <laughs> Again, another story with, uh, with, with Nick and I in waiting. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we went up, uh, Nick and I went up to the Browns game on Sunday afternoon. Someone had given us tickets, so we jetted up to the Browns game after, after church and, and uh, at least got the last three quarters in. Um, and, uh, and anyway, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a great time. At halftime, we went out to the concourse to uh, get out of the wind and the snow. Did I just mention it was a great time? Wind, snow, some semblance of football on the field. It was... They lost, by the way. Oh, I didn't have to tell you that. They... Have lost them all, but um, anyway, uh, we, we we had a good time. But at, at halftime, we we had uh, we had already gotten something to eat, and we had our souvenir cups and and uh, with ice cold pop in them in the in the anyway we, we went out to get out of the wind and the snow and we went out to the concourse and and we realized that they wouldn't let us into the uh, the, the the game shop the the, the team shop uh, with our with our cups uh, and full of full of uh, pop and so we we uh, we had to find a place to kind of go but the hands are cold and so we I was looking for some place we could kind of get out of the out of the fray uh, with all the, the the people walking around but still kind of set those cups down and and kind of hang out in a corner somewhere but out of the wind and all that so we found a place there was a uh, there was a, there was a kiosk thing there that was that was closed and um it had a counter there and a cash register and a little little sign thing over top i mean i guess it was a it was a beer stand of of sorts it was closed i'm telling you right now it was closed and um and so so we still i put my put my cup down nick did here we, we talked a little bit i uh was on my phone and uh sent a picture to to rebecca and claire to let them know that you know we were having a good time and and all those kinds of things we must have been there i don't 10 minutes at least and then some lady kind of tapped me on the shoulder Wondering when we we were going to be done, <laughs> and I uh, I kind of looked at her like nuts, like she was nuts, and I I said, um, we're just we're just standing here. It's it's closed. Uh, seems as though she thought she was in line for beer, <laughs> standing behind us uh, at the at the closed kiosk. From what I think I heard under her breath as she walked away, I don't think she appreciated waiting at that uh, at that time. Uh, it wasn't worth it to her. Uh, it, it didn't pan out, and uh, and it wasn't wasn't worth the wait. I, I went to the doctor this week. I was there for an hour. I was face to face with the doctor for about two and a half minutes. Not worth the wait, right? Uh, you could tell your own stories. We could go on and on and on and on. Uh, we, we got the, the video of the, uh, the, the kid there that, that got uh, waited and waited in anticipation for Christmas and then he got socks, right? And it just wasn't worth the wait. So a very important question to ask then, if we're, if we're going to get in line, if, if we're going to go into the waiting room, if we're going to wait, we have to ask, especially at Advent, we have to ask, well, what are you waiting this season is, is not just about counting down the days until we get to open presents. 
There's, there's got to be more to Advent than, than opening cardboard doors on a calendar and eating old, old chocolate, right? But that's kind of where we put it a lot of times. What are we waiting for? During Advent season, we're, we're doing a lot of waiting. And, and as the, the sermon series se- uh, title says, we're waiting for Jesus. Advent uh, actually means coming. Historically in the church, the season of Advent spans the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. And so each week, as we've done today, we light a candle and we highlight a portion of the story of Christ coming on that first Christmas. And it all culminates on Christmas Eve when all five candles will be lit commemorating the entire story of Christmas. And we sing carols and we light candles and we walk through the traditions all in anticipation of celebrating the fact that Jesus came to earth. But that's just part of Advent. That's not the only coming of Jesus that we should be focused on during this time of year. We're not just waiting to celebrate Christmas, although that's part of it. Jesus promised when he ascended into heaven that he would be coming back again at the end of time. And so in Advent, not only are we waiting for a a grand celebration on Christmas morning, we're also waiting for Jesus to come back Again, what, what's the big deal about that? Well, well, it kind of is like the big deal, right? Words cannot describe what, uh, what, what will happen. It's going to be amazing as Jesus comes, because, because I don't know if you, you realized it or not, but life here on this planet sometimes is kind of difficult. We need help. We need relief. We need a savior. The great truth about Advent is that Jesus has come, he is here, and he is coming again. That, that theme is, is literally uh, throughout Scripture. Uh, I want us to look today at a, a passage from the book of Romans as the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome uh, about some of this hope and what we're looking for, what we're waiting for. So Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 18, uh, verses 18 through 25, Romans chapter 8. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly, as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. What are we waiting for at Advent? The glory of God to be revealed. We're waiting for our full adoption into God's family. We're waiting for freedom from bondage to decay. We're waiting for redemption. See, the story goes like that. Not just the story. The truth goes like this. Sin entered the world through Adam and Eve when they disobeyed in the Garden of Eden. And it has wreaked havoc on the world ever since. In church circles, we, we use the term, the terms that we live in a fallen world. 
a sinful world. People are sinful. We make sinful choices, and those choices have consequences, and those consequences affect the people and the systems and the circumstances of our world. And so selfishness and greed and and evil desires run amok, and they have caused chaos and pain and struggle in this world. We see it every day on the news. We see it and experience it personally in our lives. That, that passions in, in Roman, that passage in Romans de- describes it with words like suffering and frustration and bondage to decay and pain and groaning. We see evidence of it all around. I was thinking this week about the evidence of this bondage to decay that we see even in the scientific realm in our world, specifically the second law of thermodynamics. Anybody want to quote that? No, you don't need to quote that today. But basically, the second law of thermodynamics describes basic principles familiar to everyday life. In particular, it is, uh, in part, the universal law of decay, uh, the ultimate cause of why everything ultimately falls apart or disintegrates over time, why you have to get a new fill-in-the-blank, because this one doesn't work anymore, this one fell apart, this one... So material things are not eternal things. Everything appears to change eventually, and chaos increases. Nothing stays as fresh as the day you buy it. Clothes become faded and threadbare. Uh, everything ages. Everything wears out. Even death is a manifestation of the law, second law of thermodynamics. The effects of that law are all around us. They, they literally affect everything in the universe. Every year... Vast sums are spent to counteract the relentless effects of the second law of thermodynamics. We have to maintain things. We have to uh, change things. We have to, to, to paint something or to, to, uh, to, to, to go to the doctor in order to, uh, to, to, to change uh, and, and help with the, the things that are decaying and changing in our body. All, all of those. Ultimately, everything in nature is obedient to the unchanging law of the, the second law of thermodynamics. But we don't need the second law of thermodynamics to tell us that the world in which we live is less than ideal, Right? You'd probably agree with me. It's not ideal. We experience those groanings, those sufferings, that frustration uh, many times every day. Just this morning, we we had some tender moments as we we have uh, thought about and recounted those who who have experienced death. We, We honored those who we love who are no longer with us. There is death and sorrow in this fallen world. There is pain and disease. There is heartache and disappointment. Sin has caused all of that and more. The Apostle Paul here in Romans chapter 8 so eloquently describes the, the desire of all creation as together we long for, we, we groan for some release, some redemption, some freedom from the effects of sin. <laughs> Waiting can be difficult. But Paul doesn't just highlight the negative aspects of that. (laughs) He writes about hope in the waiting. The waiting won't last forever. There will come a day of redemption, a day of restoration, a day of full adoption into the family of God. It's a major theme throughout the Bible. Just a couple of other passages. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says that our citizenship is in heaven. 
And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Jude 1 verses 20 and 21, but you dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope. The appearing of the Lord, uh, of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. There is something more than this life. And Jesus is coming back again to bring an end to our sorrow and suffering and pain and darkness and yes, even death. He will usher in light and life for all eternity. What are we waiting for? That's what we're waiting for in Advent. And so I don't know if through these passages whether you've sensed it or not, but there's a, there's a yearning there, right? There's a longing there. There, That's part of this Advent, part of this waiting. We, we have a glimpse of what's possible and a, and a promise of what is to come. And so, so, so we're waiting. There are three things, again, that we celebrate as we're waiting in Advent. The first one is that Jesus has come. And we celebrate that and, and we need to do that. We celebrate it every year as we put up the lights and we decorate the tree and we sing the songs and we watch the movies and we eat the food and we give the gifts and we, we, uh, build the relationships and, and all of those things. Christmas is about Jesus and, and we, we highlight that. We remember that. We wait for that with great anticipation. Jesus came from God as a baby. He he lived a perfect life. He, He died with the weight of our sin upon him. He was raised to life. He conquered the grave and, and he ascended into heaven. And so Jesus has come and we celebrate that. We're waiting for that celebration, but that's not the end of the story. Not only has Jesus come, but Jesus is here. After Jesus ascended into heaven, he, he sent his Holy Spirit, uh, his very spirit, to be our companion, our guide, our comforter, our counselor. And so we experience the presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit who lives within us and among us. Jesus has come. Jesus is here even now, but that's still not the end of the story because as I've been telling you, Jesus is coming again. There's something within us that longs for more. There's something in our hearts that that, that yearns for eternity and a complete face-to-face relationship with God. And that's exactly what he has promised us. Those passages that we read are are dripping with that promise, the, the promise of mercy and grace and glory, the promise of salvation and restored relationship with God. Our bodies will be transformed. We'll live forever with God, our Father, who has adopted us as his very own children. We'll be made perfectly pure and holy. It's As we read through those scriptures and many more, we get this glimpse, this amazing, wonderful glimpse into the future, our future, but it's not yet, and so we have to wait. It's poetically described in, by John in the last few verses of, of Scripture, actually, in, in his vision that's recorded in the book of Revelation. 
Revelation chapter 21 starts out this way. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a beautiful, as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Who, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. I don't know if you're living with that picture Every day, but I believe that that has to be an essential part of following Christ is living with a picture of what's to come that's not quite here yet. God will dwell with his people. Every tear is wiped away. No more death. No more mourning. No more crying. No more pain. Throw the second law of thermodynamics out the window because everything is going to be made new. I hope you can catch a glimpse of that. I believe that God wants us to live with that hope firmly planted in our minds and in our hearts. Ecclesiastes 3.11 even says that God has, quote, set eternity in the human heart. There is this thing essential, this, this ingredient that all of us are born with. Eternity, a desire for eternity, a longing for what's to come. That's, that's the picture that we live for but we're not there yet, so we wait. I I hope you're realizing that this waiting is not the same as waiting in line at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. Well, you got to walk through this, right? Just got to walk through this, slog through this so I can get to, and then I can get on with real life, right? This waiting is full of eager anticipation. It's longing. It's expectation. It's getting your hopes up. Because something great is coming. It's barely containing your excitement because something is coming down the pike that is going to be worth it all. Maybe we should be a lot, maybe the, the picture we should have in our heads, not only during Advent, but all the time, is that picture of a, of, of a child, like we saw in that video before the sermon, that child that is, is waiting and picturing and longing and hoping and, and all those, those, those things waiting for Christmas morning. It's a lot like that. We have a loving heavenly father who has promised to give us the gift of eternity, right? And so we're, we, we know a great day is coming. Uh, we'll, we'll receive in that day all that we need and even more. It'll be better than we could possibly ask or imagine or, or even long for. And so in the meantime, we wait expectantly because this world is not the end. Jesus is coming again. A couple of weeks ago, Rebecca and I had the chance to go to a show at uh, at Playhouse Square called Wardrobes and Rings. It was a it was a play uh depicting what it might have been like if J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis met one last time before they before they died and and uh so it was uh it was fictional in nature yet true uh true to true to life in that they were friends and did uh correspond a lot regarding the uh the things that they wrote maybe you know that Tolkien uh wrote the hobbit and the uh the 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 rings trilogy and and all of that uh lord of the rings and and cs lewis wrote a lot of things but uh uh the chronicles of narnia specifically and and uh, aslan the lion and and all so maybe you've read read those things fantasy works that 
that um, have great spiritual truths woven throughout. Um, in, the, in the play, they talked about uh, some of their processes in, in writing those and how it's been received or, or not uh, and misunderstood over time and all those kinds of things. <laughs> Just a little side note, as we were standing in line, uh, it, we got up there and, and needed to go in and had our tickets and the, the, uh, we were waiting for the uh, usher to, uh, to take our tickets and go, but she's not supposed to leave her post until her, until someone else is there for the next people. And, and so we showed her and she said, if, if you'll hang on just a minute. And I said, well, we could, we could just kind of go and find our seats ourselves. Again, I don't like to wait. And, uh, and she said, or you could wait, <laughs> which we did. Um, but reflecting on that evening, uh, and then also reflecting on this, the truths of this passage today. I, I, I wanted to to take another look at uh, the something that I thought I remembered in the Chronicles of Narnia. So maybe you've read that uh, uh, series, maybe you haven't. Uh, several books in the series, uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is the first one. Many people have read that, maybe not so familiar with the others. The last book in the series is called The Last Battle. And it wraps up the series as C.S. Lewis is painting a picture of the life to come and, and, and really heaven and eternity and all those things. In that play, they referred to their works as, as fantasy or they used the term fairy stories. Uh, things that, uh, the, the stories that they're, that they're, they're, they're coming up with, it's certainly fantasy and yet they paint pictures in our imaginations of, of what life with God is like. And I want to read just just a couple of uh, little passages. Toward the end of that book, The Last Battle, the characters find themselves in this new land. And it goes this way. It was the unicorn who summed up what everyone was feeling. He stamped his right forehoof on the ground and he neighed and then cried, I have come home at last. This is my real country. I belong here. This is the land I've been looking for all my life, though I never knew it until now. The reason why we loved the old Narnia is because it sometimes looked a little like this. Come further up. Come further in. And then the very last chapter, right at the end of the book, it says this. For us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. (laughs) I'm getting better at waiting. Sometimes I have to admit that there may or may not be some groaning involved. But waiting is much easier when I have a picture of coming home at last to the place where I belong, to the place I've been longing for all my life. And all the waiting has just been the cover and the title page of the story that God is writing where every chapter is better than the one before. That's what we're waiting for. Welcome to the season of Advent. Father God, plant that picture in our hearts. 
Lord, sometimes it's hard to to picture that and then to walk through or slog through the, the things that we deal with, and yet it makes all the difference. Plant that, that, that picture in our hearts that there is something greater in store and, and we're longing for that and we're groaning for that and, and it's difficult and so we walk through the, the suffering and the pain and the heartache but we know that, that, that you are our savior and you are the one who will redeem us and, and call us to an eternity with you forever and ever. Lord, I pray for those who may be struggling with that today. Lord, even in the quiet of this moment right now, I pray that in their hearts, that they can say, God, is that really true? If it is, I want that. Plant that hope in my heart. Lord, I, I pray that as we go from here today, we will go knowing that, we, that we're not just living our lives for today or tomorrow or next week or even for the holiday that's coming, but we are living for something eternal that will last forever. And that makes all the difference. Help us in our waiting. Continue to give us your hope and your presence. We give ourselves to you today. Thank you for the season of Advent. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.